Hi, everyone. Quick note. Had a little recording issue, so I missed about the first sentence of this homily. So just keep that in mind. You're kind of jumping in after the first sentence. But Father Paul is kind of talking about um, evangelization and sharing the gospel in that first sentence. So that should give you a little bit of context. So again, I apologize for the recording problem, but I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the homily. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. Today's homily from Father Paul Koska comes from Divine Mercy Sunday. To support the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. Now, sometimes we can hear something like that, like we're supposed to be disciples, supposed to be apostles, and we think to ourselves, that is impossible because I haven't healed somebody like St. Peter did in the gospel or in the Acts of the Apostles today. Peter doesn't even pray for the person. He just walks by in the shadow that he casts causes a healing to take place. And so there's this kind of almost like, I don't know, I can't do that. Or we might think to ourselves, I'm not as articulate. You might listen to a talk from Bishop Barron or something like that, or some famous person, Catholic person on YouTube, and think to yourself, I'm not as articulate as that person. You know, I'm not as holy as Sister Fiat, and so I can't do anything, right? And there's this sort of this despair about being able to do anything for the Lord. However, my experience this week attests to something different. This week, last week, I, we were at Mass. I was at Mass. Some of you are at the vigil. Some of you are with your families. But I was here at the Easter Sunday Mass, and then Father John was the main celebrant. I was the main celebrant. After Mass, I noticed some people that I had never met before, and what I try to do is I try to meet said people. I just introduce myself, and I ask them if they want to have lunch, because I like food. And uh, Patrick took me up on the offer. We had some good food the, the other day. Uh, but there was another guy who got lunch with last week, and so we went to Snarf's. I'd never been there before, uh, so that was a new experience. It's kind of like a tripped-out subway. Um, <laughs> but So we went to Snarf's, which is an interesting experience in and of itself, but we started talking, and two things happened, or two things came up in the conversation that were unexpected. First thing is that this, this guy said the reason why he came to, Sunday, last, to Easter Sunday Mass was because this guy named James Joseph was handing out flyers on campus inviting people to Mass. And so he literally didn't know that Mass existed on campus until James handed him a flyer and said, hey, would you like to come to Mass? And so this guy then came to Mass. And then at Mass, he heard about this guy named Jack Bailey. And he heard that Jack got baptized and confirmed and received First Holy Communion. And he also heard at that Mass that John and Emily were going to get confirmed this week. And so this young man who was a freshman said, you know, I've never been confirmed. Do you think, you know, all these other people are getting confirmed. You know, can I get confirmed too? And I said, well, I have to ask the Archbishop. And I talked to the, Arch the Archbishop's secretary and the Archbishop at an event I was at last night. And so I talked to the Archbishop's secretary, and he's like, you can confirm him tomorrow. I'm like, well, I'll probably wait a few weeks just so, like, his family can come into town and things. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, James, 
All he did was hand out a flyer. Now, that takes a lot of courage, but it's not like he gave some profound theological argument to this young man. He just told him about Mass, and then he came to Mass, and then he heard about Jack, who didn't really do anything. He received everything, right? He received baptism. He received confirmation. He received Jesus. And so because of the yes of James and Jack and Emily and John, the impact of those people, another person is going to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so when we hear these words from Jesus, as the Father has sent me, so I send you, Jesus is primarily simply telling us to go and to share the gospel in some way, in some fashion. And sometimes it's as simple as handing somebody a piece of paper and inviting them to Easter Sunday Mass. And you never know the impact that you could have. James didn't know until this homily, because I hid it from him until now. So he'd be embarrassed and surprised. But I told his mom last night uh, because she's intimidating and I wanted to tell her. But, but the thing is, is that we just have to respond in whatever fashion the Lord calls us to. And sometimes we create an expectation that we feel like is impossible to fulfill. But all Jesus is saying is as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And so we just have to be cooperative with the grace. We just have to receive whatever the Lord desires to do. Because Jesus can change circumstances. Jesus shows up to the scene. Jesus shows up to the upper room where the disciples are afraid. Now the, the gospel translates that the, they were afraid uh, because of the Jews. Now the thing to keep in mind about this Sometimes people interpret these sort of phrases in the Gospels as though, you know, the church is anti-Semitic. All of the people in the upper room were also Jewish, okay? So we're talking about all Jewish people. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is when it, often when the Gospel refers to the Jews, it's actually referring to the Judeans, like the people in the area around Jerusalem, because there were Jews all over the, the land of Israel, and so it was the people in Galilee who are also Jews tended to be less hostile to Jesus. And then the Jewish people in the actual city of Jerusalem and that, that area of Judea tended to be a little more hostile. But they were all ethnically Jewish people. And so the church, the gospel is not anti-Semitic, nor is the church anti-Semitic. Jesus himself was Jewish. His mother was also Jewish. All the apostles. So we want to keep that in mind whenever we read the gospels. But that's a little side note. The main point is that Jesus comes onto the scene where his disciples are afraid to even leave the upper room. And he shows up and he brings them peace. Now when he says, peace be with you, the presumption is that they don't have peace. That's why he's telling them, peace be with you. And why? Because they're afraid? Because they don't know? They're afraid that what happened to Jesus will happen to them? They're afraid of the opposition of the that the Romans might come after them as well. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. Jesus says, peace be with you. Jesus shows up and transforms them and, and begins to give them courage. The other thing that's interesting about this encounter with, of Jesus in the upper room is he gives them the Holy Spirit. He gives the apostles the Holy Spirit at that moment. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. 
whose sins you, are, you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. That is the basic reason to believe in the sacrament of reconciliation. I'm not saying it's an absolute like proof text for it, but it is, when I read that in high school, I was like, that makes sense. That the apostles received the ability to forgive sins, and then the idea is that the apostles passed it on to the bishops and their successors, and the bishops pass it on to priests. And so I'm not saying it's a proof text like you can therefore stake your whole life on this one verse, but I do think it's a significant witness to the fact that Jesus gives the power to forgive sins to his apostles, something that is only naturally proper to God. We don't have, I don't have the ability on my own power, just as a human being, to forgive people. But it's only with the grace of God, it's only with the power of God, the power of Jesus being communicated in the Holy Spirit to his disciples that we uh, can share in the power to forgive. Me as a priest in a particular way. Um, and so there's this gift of the Holy Spirit that's given. And so the Pentecost is almost like a second giving of the Holy Spirit because Jesus gives the Holy Spirit here as well. Thomas is mentioned today, uh, St. Thomas, uh, who is a saint. He was uh, believed to be martyred in India. But St. Gregory, commenting on this passage, has something interesting to say. He says, It is not an accident that this particular disciple was not present. The divine mercy, it's nice that it's divine mercy Sunday, the divine mercy ordained that a doubting disciple should by feeling in his master the wounds of the flesh, heal in us the wounds of unbelief. The unbelief of Thomas is more profitable to our faith than the belief of the other disciples for the touch by which he is brought to believe, confirming our minds of belief beyond all question. And so there's this gift that Thomas gives to us because up until that point, nobody else had gotten that close to Jesus after the resurrection. And so when Thomas touches the side of Jesus, when Thomas touches the wounds of Jesus, there's a certain confidence that's not only built up in him, but also built up in the other disciples, that Jesus is really back, that he's really real. He's really present again with them. And so there's this great gift that is given to us, uh, the gift of Jesus' presence. And it's the healing that of our hearts that Jesus is about. Jesus is healing through Thomas all of our hearts of disbelief, of per, not presuming goodwill in the Lord. But we are invited to trust in the gift of the mercy of the Lord. And that's the great gift of this feast that St. John Paul II gave to the church through the example witness of St. Faustina. St. Faustina only lived to be 33 years old. Uh, she suffered from a significant illness for a number of years, and she received a number of visions of the Lord. And there's this, and she, gave, she also uh, received a vision uh, to have a painting made, the Divine Mercy image, which is a gift to the church. And Jesus, uh, who appeared to her, said, I promise that the soul that venerates this image, the divine mercy image, will not perish. I also promise victory 
over enemies already here on earth, especially at the hour of, of, my, of death. I myself will defend that soul as my own glory. And so St. Faustina reminds us of the mercy and the grace of the Heavenly Father for us. And so as we enter into the rest of this Easter season, we're invited to be witnesses of the Lord, witnesses of Jesus and of the Word of God. Because in the book of Revelation today, we hear from John that he is in exile. And he says why he's in exile. He says, for proclaiming the Word of God and witnessing to Jesus. And so St. John was willing to do that. And so we're invited to do the same. And if we do that, then we will see fruit over time. Sometimes the fruit is hidden. It's not that every person that James handed a flyer to came to Mass and is now getting confirmed. Okay, but there was one person. And so we've got to seek out uh, being faithful to the call of being sent by Jesus. And if we do that, then His mercy will overflow, not only to us, but to the whole world.